This week's episode of The Policy Shop might sound a little different. We had a tech issue and needed to use our backup audio for the week, but we wanted to make sure you heard this conversation, and we'll be back with our regular recording next week. Let's begin. Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. If voters vote yes on Amendment 1 this fall, homeowners will see their property taxes jump over $2,000. Joining me to talk about Amendment 1 and what it means for your property taxes is Austin Berg, Vice President of Marketing at the Illinois Policy Institute. Austin, thanks for coming. You're welcome. So nice to see you. You too. Uh, so you you love Amendment 1, right? Mm-hmm. It's all you think about all the time. Yeah, happy to talk about it. <laughs> Tell us what Amendment 1 is. Let's set the stage real quick, and then we'll dive into this new research that we have on property taxes. Sure. Uh, so the first thing you have to explain usually in Illinois is that is what a constitutional amendment is. So that's what Amendment 1 is. People might remember two years ago, Governor Pritzker spent around $50, $60 million pushing something called the Progressive Income Tax or the Fair Tax. That was an amendment to the Illinois Constitution, and that goes to voters, and they have to approve it at the ballot box. And that's a much more rare occurrence in Illinois than in other states. You don't usually get to vote on these big matters of the the Illinois Constitution or changing it. So uh, Amendment 1 is an amendment to the Illinois Constitution. And what people who support Amendment 1 say that it does, they call it the Workers' Rights Amendment. So, again, that's sort of a marketing term, just like how the progressive income tax was called the fair tax because proponents wanted you to think you were voting on fairness. Uh, Amendment 1, the proponents are calling it the workers' rights amendment because they want you to think, oh, this is just a a vote. Who couldn't, who wouldn't agree with something as basic as workers' rights? Shouldn't workers have rights? Of course workers should have rights, but this goes far, far beyond that. Another thing proponents like to say is that, oh, this simply bans right to work in the Constitution of Illinois. So what right to work is, is that it bans uh, unions from forcing people to pay money to them uh, in order to keep their job. Illinois is not a right to work state, has never been. Uh, There's no real threat to it becoming one. Uh, But the problem with the amendment is not really around right to work, it's around the fact that it gives extraordinary power Uh, to government unions and government union bosses in Illinois. And where does that power come from? Well, it's power that currently rests with voters. So if I elect a certain politician, uh, I would like them and I would like them to pass a law that says, hey, maybe we shouldn't have government union contracts that go over 10 years, because who knows what could change in 10 years. Like we want to change things, we don't want to have the same rules, the same pay scale, we want to uh, change things. What this says is that essentially uh, Amendment 1 gives this new right to collective bargaining and organizing for all government sector workers. So what that basically means is that if you pass a law that says, hey, there needs to be some clear guardrails, common sense guardrails in place on what government unions can demand and what politicians can give away to them, that would be unconstitutional if Amendment 1 passes. So it really is giving extraordinary power to government unions that will result in much higher taxes in Illinois. And that's the new research that we just put out shows that. So what really trips people up on Amendment 1 is that they don't understand how a workers' rights amendment would affect their lives. And so that's why this new research is interesting because what we're able to show is, look, Amendment 1, if it passes, 
would lead to a $2,149 property tax hike for the typical Illinois family. But still, for some people, that's it's kind of hard to connect the dots. You know, if you don't think about this all the time, it, it's you have to ask people to take a little bit of a leap. But if you had to shorthand it, how would you explain why Amendment 1 would lead to a property tax hike over and over again? So it's basically a question of where do property taxes come from? It comes really from the collective bargaining agreements that local governments, your mayor, your city council, have with government worker unions, the people who represent the workers, whether that is a teacher's union or a police union or fire union, these unions bargain with the city. And because government unions are so political and they often donate to the very politicians that vote on laws that give them things and give them taxpayer money and give them uh, higher benefits and pensions, uh, you really need to have some safeguards in that process to make sure that politicians aren't giving away the store, that government unions can only bargain over things like maybe their wages and their, their benefits uh, rather than everything under the sun. So when you expand the ability to bargain over anything under the sun and you basically ban any law that would say we need to restrict that and keep it to these topics or you know to this length of contract or these disciplinary rules. If you say you can't pass laws to do that, there's no limits on what government unions can demand, and on the other side of the equation, no limit to what politicians can give to them. Uh, that all goes into our tax bill, especially property taxes. So what this research did was basically said, uh, if property taxes keep growing the way that they're growing, which is a very conservative assumption given Amendment 1 passes, that gives more power to government unions. We would expect it to, the, that burden to increase faster. But even if it increases at the same rate and locks that in, it's locking in a $2,100 property tax hike for Illinois families. Illinois already pay the first or second highest property taxes in the country. It cuts into their uh, home equity value so much. That's why we see home values not appreciating Illinois as fast as they do in other states. Uh, it's often why we see people choose other states to move to because they don't want to be paying uh, the, uh, the property tax bill that is the same as their mortgage or almost as much. Uh, and they can go on Zillow and look, oh wow, I can get the exact same amount of house in this other state for the same price. And a lot of that comes down to property taxes. So really the connection between the two is it's going to make local government cost more, so your property taxes are going to go up. Right, right. So property taxes are a reflection of how much government costs. We know government's going to cost more and more. Yeah. Uh, and, and you've made this point before. There's a, there's a threshold of how much people will pay if they feel like they're getting a value for their money. So if our tax bills stayed constant, but we had great schools, no potholes on our streets, um, police and fire, we had everyone we needed, everything was running great, maybe we wouldn't be as stressed out. Um, but in Illinois, we know that the return on investment isn't what we would hope it would be given how much we pay. And so you talked about uh, businesses a little bit. Well, how does a f Amendment 1 potentially hurt businesses? Because we've gotten news recently that a lot of big names are leaving, like Caterpillar and Citadel. What does Amendment 1 do uh, to, to affect business? So the first way it hurts businesses is that their taxes are going to continue to go up, and they'll go up much faster. Um, you look at things like Illinois manufacturing, which has been completely decimated over the last 20 years. There's a lot of global factors that factor into that, but a lot of the factors are decisions that we make ourselves as a state. And one of those is the fact that 
they're paying, if you have a lot of space as a business, you're paying a crazy amount in property taxes on that business property in Illinois compared to other states. You can get a lot more uh, as good services uh, with more space from a lower property tax bill as a business owner in other states. So we shouldn't be surprised when we see sort of those small and mid-sized businesses leaving or deciding not to set up shop in Illinois. So that's the first thing, just like bottom line, costs are gonna go up if to, to do business in Illinois. And that will hurt small businesses. The second is that uh, the proponents have kind of been really muddy about their messaging here, but they say uh, out of one side of their mouth, but this is only gonna affect the government sector. It's only you know new rights in the government sector. But the law is written applies to the private sector as well. All employees in the state of Illinois, everybody is an employee. So uh, when we talk to business leaders, they have no clue how this is going to really affect their business. The fact that there's going to be this new right to bargaining, new right to organizing for every employee in every single workplace, that's just gonna come with higher legal costs. So you get really hit on the property tax side and then also on the compliance side too for businesses. And aside from taxes, and I know this is the, the most direct way that this is going to affect people's pocketbooks, but there's also an element of uh, public corruption going on here, too. So Amendment 1 giving all of these new powers to an unelected group of people um, who are also bankrolling politicians. I mean, talk about the implications for corruption as it relates to Amendment 1. Totally. And it's sort of like there's corruption under the law that's legal, and then there's illegal corruption where it's like people getting ghost payroll jobs or like getting payments on the side and kickbacks. Um, government unions, and FDR was like very outspoken about this, government unions engage in corruption under the law all the time. And here's one way that that works. Uh, you've talked a lot about on the show, we talked a lot about Illinois policy about Illinois' huge pension problem. It drives our really high taxes, it drives our credit rating into the ground, it means we can't balance budgets ever, we can't invest in things that we do want, we gotta pay this legacy debt. The reason that exists is because government unions and politicians in the 80s said, let's make a deal with each other to subject Illinois decades from now to these crazy high costs that you and I will face no consequences for whatsoever. Got it? Union says, okay, I'm gonna give you more money and we're, I'm gonna get all my members to vote for you. Uh, and the politician says, okay, I'm gonna give all this taxpayer money to you. Most people think of that as immoral or, or corrupt, but we don't, it's not, uh, people aren't going to jail for that, right? So in that sense, it's, it's very corrupt. But in a very like uh, concrete sense, Tom Cullerton, who was a co-sponsor of, State Senator Tom Cullerton, who was a co-sponsor of Amendment 1, uh, one of the main reasons it was on the ballot in the first place, was indicted for taking a no-work job from a union who supported Amendment 1. Mm -hmm. So you have uh, sort of like, <laughs> I don't want to say one hand shaking the other, like one hand washing the other. It's we give you money, you give us taxpayer money. We, we give you money and votes, you give us uh, greater taxpayer resources. So, uh, and then you also look at folks like Another interesting way that corruption plays into this is that when you're trying to pass laws that say, uh, for example, if you're a school district employee, you can't do X, Y, Z. Maybe you can't, um, you can't have a contract with a vendor who's a family member or something, right? And that we elect our state lawmakers and we say, please make a law that says school district employees can't 
do business with their family members, right? Everybody thinks this is a great idea. If Amendment 1 passes, the union could then say, yeah, I know you guys elected these politicians and passed these laws, but in our collective bargaining agreement, it says you actually have to come to us and we will bargain over what the rules are. That's under a scope of bargaining discipline, right? So in that sense, it really encourages corruption too because you can't pass these common sense things, any guardrails whatsoever, on what could be bargained for. Right. That is just really scary to me. Every time you explain it that way, it makes yeah. me really uncomfortable and really nervous. And I think it's a left and right issue too because people. there's a lot of, uh, in Illinois, for example, there are laws that sometimes are very common sense laws that say, here's what the police discipline should be or here's what the teacher discipline should be. And if you don't have decent processes for both, there will be corruption and misconduct, uh, no matter where, you know, what side of the political out of Well, the and the worst part is that it cuts the people out of the equation. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, parting thoughts on Amendment 1. <laughs> well, here's the great thing about Amendment 1. Everybody in Illinois knows their property taxes are crazy high. It is the number one biggest tax that we pay. It is the only thing that polls worse than just taxes in Illinois is specifically property taxes. Everybody knows how much they pay. They get that bill twice a year. You rarely ever get to actually take a vote that impacts directly your property tax burden. Amendment 1 is that vote. You get to vote finally. You vote yes on Amendment 1, your property taxes go up. You vote no on Amendment 1, you can guarantee that we'll be able to attack the property tax burden in Illinois. If it's, if it's approved, there's very little you can do. All right, well, thanks for spelling that out for us. It's always Thank great you. talking, Austin. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit illinoispolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.